0: Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adil Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host the most, as always, Adil Marcy, and today I have my friend, my brother from another mother, a guy that I've known for about two years who's actually kind of fucking hilarious and I love him the more I talk to him, <laughs> uh, Rory F. Stern. For the people that don't know who he is, uh, you will do by the end of the show. Uh, he swears like a drunken sailor, so explicit notice <laughs> always. But seriously, come on, we swear all the time on the show. I say fuck at least 10 times. Um, real quickly, just shout out to the sponsor of this show who probably hates us by this point. Don't know how they keep sponsoring me, but fuck it. Uh, AddleMarcy.com, go check it out. You can see backlogs of episodes, this new lead magnet we put out for email marketing, and I'm going to apologize for any stupid ass background noise. The dickheads across the way, the building buildings. They, they've had all day to, like, drill and shit. They wait until 3 and 4 o'clock to do it. So they seem yep. busy. Just dickheads. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here. Uh, we're also sponsored by <laughs> RFS Digital Media. It's Rory site. Go check it out. Uh, the dude has literally exploded, and that's not a pun on the fact that I'm brown. And, uh, <laughs> you know... It's just the fact that he has actually kind of jumped onto the scene and everyone's kind of shown attention to him because he's great at what he does. Um, so fucking bad, I don't give um, And also sponsored by The Abrasive Entrepreneur, which is Shane Hunter's thing. Go there. Facebook ad psychology compared to a couple what Shane teaches you so you have, like, some education. Hire Rory to fucking show you how to do it and then hire me to write your offer. Your you basically have a trifecta and then get Ben Settled in there to write some emails. You're a happy oh. motherfucker. You're pretty much like late- golden for the rest of your life. There you go. Rory, I like that. Rory, thank you for actually ha- for coming on. My- I was going to say, <laughs> thank you for having me on my show. <laughs>
1: so That's fucking- great. This, <laughs> this-, this is kind of like home. I got to be honest. Like, it's a nice chill. We're laughing already. I get to swear, which... Like the reason I love that you introduced me as a drunken sailor, or I swear like a drunken sailor, I did say that, but I'm like, I don't really swear in my marketing. Like that kind of <laughs> just stays in my personal life. But yeah. I kind of kind of I let the, the client, or in this case the host, set the tone and if if we're allowed to cuss then it's game on fuck everything
0: <laughs> pretty much this is like giving the doors like this is trying to open the doors of hell and everyone's like wait we can't get through the doors why not and some asshole walks by with the key it's like oh i had a key all along just open it it's like just floods floods everywhere <laughs> oh fuck what i like get myself into today uh, today was going quite well, by the way. It was a fucking great day until this moment, and now it's just gonna get better and more excellent because there's chicken wings in three hours, and I get to speak to Rory, which is brilliant. So I... This is actually our first legit
1: conversation we've had on a call. <laughs> I've actually noticed as well. That that's that's correct, and and I, <laughs> I I gotta tell, we've known each other for more than two years. We've known. Well, I've known of you for probably four and a half years. How the fuck did, a, did you? How did you know a, me for four and a half years? <laughs> Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you wrote some copy for Jason Hornung while I was working for him at the time.
0: Yeah, I did. Jason gave me a kick-ass testimonial. That copy was used for Tony Robbins, if I remember correctly, for uh, I... Robbins Research Institute, because he, he hired me for three different pieces, which was nice of him.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. It's uh, I, I don't remember a lot about yesterday. So the fact that going back four and a half years, what copy? I yeah, I, I don't know. That, but I, I remember your name. That's that's important.
0: Fuck it. Sorry, you don't actually get to see this assholes around the world. I love so much, though, my fans. Yay! Okay. Uh, I got my hands up going yeah because technically I'm happy, but part of my brain has just kicked in and gone, "You're talking to a possible stalker that could kill you." but it's rory so he might make you laugh before he does like, <laughs> you gotta weigh up the options here if they're making you laugh and then you die you you, you went out with a smile <laughs> i'd say you went out with a bang but that's my more that's more my punchline than his
1: yeah nice dude nice <laughs> Fuck,
0: i went to watch eliza schlesinger last night and i swear to god the comedies just kept going from there because like i don't know if you actually knew this but i used to be a stand-up comedian
1: I didn't know that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, um, I I toured the U.S. for a little bit, and I toured the U.K. for a little bit as well a couple of years ago when I was younger. Uh, might start doing that again when I get to my, I'd say, early thirties when I get to there, which is another oh. like five years away. Yeah, fuck. I can just I can just hear the you're, fuck you're you, you 30. asshole.
1: You're not even thirty yet.
0: I'm 28.
1: <laughs> if, there, if there was like a phone, that like a receiver, like old school phones, which you might not even be old enough to know what the fuck those are, I would slam it down and walk out of my office. Not even 30 years old. <laughs> the equivalent
0: of this is throwing your headset across the room and going, oh, fuck, I need those.
1: If I, if I had one, I'm talking to you on a Yeti mic, so I'm not going to throw that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that might break something or hit a kid knowing your luck and be like, oh, shit, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck.
1: Well, this is a funny funny fact. I want to be a comedian at some point, but I just don't have the time. Dude. Nor do I think I could put up with the ridicule.
0: Okay, first of all, most crowds will not ridicule you. Secondly, this is kind of a jump-off point. Just start a podcast and just talk. I guarantee you people will find you hilarious. And what I will say on top of that, most of the stuff with comedy is telling stories. But, like being observant of the story while you tell it. And that's just a sales thing as well, by the way, guys. If you want, it's like, be observant of what you're selling. Because I have to tie in at least one sales piece to every podcast. Otherwise, this show just turns into Adult's Comedy Hour with Friends. Which should totally be a show as well. They do at some point. We'll get to that at some point. I
1: know. Good, good, good.
0: But, okay, so Rory, talk to me here for a second, buddy. So you went from working with Jason Hornung, who is a friend of the show and a friend of mine. I fucking love that guy to yep. running your own agency and just like when you hit the scene with your own agency it was like everywhere was rory i remember like seeing a post somewhere going hey does anyone know anyone good at facebook as its higher level the entire comment thread including mine was rory f stone
1: yeah yeah that was that was pretty badass i love moments like that um yeah so it's that it, you know it goes back you know. Pass Jason. Um, back but that, up a that's little, really,
0: dude. Do me a favor. Back up a little bit off of the mic because like I'm getting like weird pitches off you.
1: Well, that's that's part of my charm.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. He's just like, yeah, fuck you. I'm sorry. I kept my mic at like at least a foot and a half away. But yeah. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. All right.
1: No. So um, is this any better? By the way, I do like yeah. to please people. Sometimes. Oh,
0: dude, dude, it's all good. You're you're, you're all good.
1: Right. All right. This is getting to be too like much love. I might have to tell you to go fuck yourself in a second. Um, uh, that that started when I told you I was twenty
0: eight. Just remember that and keep giving me shit about that. It,
1: damn it, my god! Um, twenty twenty eight years old. So we can go backwards, right? Holy shit, twenty eight years old. Let,
0: let's uh-huh. let, let let's not. So if you were twenty eight, and that's where the story is, not me being an asshole being twenty eight. If we're gonna do that story, we'll do that in the next bit. But I yeah, want to yeah,
1: yeah. It. No, basically my basically the reason I keep saying 28 and stuttering there is like I literally was 28 when I got my start and here you are 28 and you're already on the scene and kicking ass. So if we go back to like the start of my story – and we won't keep this too long.
0: Oh, go for it. Keep I, it as long as you want.
1: Actually, the last thing in the world I ever wanted to be was a business owner or an entrepreneur and in 2006 – I actually walked across the stage holding a six month old little girl in my arms, receiving my doctorate in clinical psychology. Wow. And yours truly was going to become a shrink. And that was my dream despite being third generation entrepreneur. Um, my you know, I, I am the epitome of the poor dad and rich dad, poor dad. And I didn't know that until my third year of grad school, so 2005, a year before I graduated, I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I read that story, and I was like, holy shit, you know, my, my father – well, my brother, my older brother, my father, my grandfather, all entrepreneurs, business owners, very, very successful, and, uh, you know, here was my dad pushing me the whole go to college, go to grad school, get a good job, make some money, retire – and it was all about the prestige, right? It wasn't really about success or money. Well, I mean, I was money hungry like a motherfucker, but I had no idea how I was going to get there. Um, and then so 2006, I graduated and was living in Boston. I had a six-month-old daughter. My wife was working a really good job with phenomenal benefits. My first job offer was $15,000 in Boston, Massachusetts. So that meant I would have been in the hole at least 10000 to put my daughter into child care. So I became a stay-at-home dad. Um, learned about marketing and tech and everything. Like, you know, they all, everybody says, oh, don't do it yourself. You know, find out what you're good at and outsource it. Well, I was a broke motherfucker. I had less than no money. Um, you know, I was like about $300,000 in the hole from student loans and wasn't making money. So I'm, I'm self-taught. And that, that's important context because as you say, you know, I blew onto the scene, right? Like when I announced my agency, the shit took off Yeah, and yeah, it helps that I'm good at what I do, but what really helped to escalate that was 2006 up to 2000 and well, no, 2007 up to 2016 was all, you know, grinding it out, busting my ass, working behind the scenes Um, not really feeling good about myself, not having a fucking clue what I was going to do when I grew up, not thinking I had what it took to be a business owner, always thinking there was a, you know, you know, a certain X factor that I didn't have. Like I was always underneath somebody else's shadow and thought they were up on a fucking pedestal and, um, You know, it was all relationship building, right? Like just fucking grinding it out and just developing great relationships in the marketplace and the community and not just for the sake of, you know, getting favors. Like I'm a genuine...
0: Hold up, keep going. I'm going to pause this because I think someone's actually here. Hold up, so keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah. My God, that was fucking annoying. What kind of show is this? And people are going to keep listening? Uh, So I jest, right? So, you know, it was all about gen- like everything i've built is off of relationships having great relationships with people so if we look at now where you introduced me you know i worked for jason hornong i was a copy i was brought in as a copywriter um uh, my job at the time was to beat all of our clients controls and i did a pretty good job at that but I, I you know i back to my story of not really thinking like i knew anything or not feeling like i was in the spotlight I never thought of it as a good job. I never, I mean, like beating the controls. I never thought beating the controls was awesome. Um, then I transitioned to campaign manager and, you know, enter a deal where you started writing some copy for the agency and kick some ass as well. Um, and then, you know, I worked with Jason for a year, year and a half. I, I think, at least I like to tell myself, i one of the only, if not the only people that he personally trained one-on-one every single day to become a Facebook advertising copywriter and then to become a campaign manager. And I really thought I had found a home with Jason. Um, I would have worked for that motherfucker forever. Love that dude. He's a genius, great guy, great leader. Handsome. Um, really, Really, really smart, right?
0: I love that guy. Like, legit yeah. sent so much business to him over the last couple of years, and everyone was like, seriously, why do you love Jason so much? I'm like, because he's a good dude. Um, I think it was like a year and a half, two years ago, I sent him some DC shoes because he sent me a referral, and I'm a skater, and so is he, so I sent him a bunch yep. of DC swag.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, number one, I remember that. Number two, you just say DC with Jason, and it's a win. So
0: Yeah, pretty much. It's like, how do you get in? Send him some shit from DC. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so... um you know, I I thought it was just the greatest gig on the planet. And then, um, as a campaign manager, I just wasn't cutting it. Like I didn't really, I made some mistakes. There was some flaws in my thinking around campaign management. And at the time I had also started an e-commerce business with two other, you know, friends and that started taking off. So I get a Skype call from Jason one day and it was, Hey, Hey dude. Um, you know, I just wanted to let you know things aren't really working. And he was really cool about how he let me go. We stayed friends. Um, it was a pretty crushing blow, to be honest. Um, I've had a lot of gigs in the past, and most of the time it sucks being let go because I need the money. But this time it really sucked being let go because I loved what I was doing. And uh, I just sort of was like, all right, this was a this was you know a, a coming of age moment, if you will, and um, you know that that being let go by Jason eventually forced me to really look at what I was doing, who I was trying to become, what I was trying to build. And the cool shit is, you know, you fast forward a little bit, and Jason brought me back into the to the agency to um, actually work with his home study buyers, right? So all the people who buy his info course, he wanted to have somebody sort of consult with them and answer questions in the Facebook group, and that was me. And I was like, all right, that's that's good. I'm getting back in with Jason. That felt really good. Um, along the way, I think it was probably before that, prob- somewhere between when he let me go and before he brought me back in, you know, money got really tight. And I think I, I, actually had, I actually had sold my share or my stake, if you will, in the e-commerce business to my partners, and I had no money coming in, and I had nothing to do And I remember talking to Jason's business partner at the time and he was like, dude, why don't you just run ads? And I was like, I can't fucking run ads. He's like, what are you talking about? You're really good. I'm like, well, if I'm so good, number one, why did Jason fire me? And number two, Jason trained me personally. Like what a D bag. If I go out and just start running ads for him, people knew I worked for him. So, you know, at the time Jason charged X and I'm going to come in and charge half of X and it just didn't feel right. And Jason's partner was like, "Dude, just just message him." So I messaged Jason and I said, "You know, hey, dude, like, I really feel awkward about this." And I explained what was going on. And he was like, "Dude, fuck it, you got to put food on the table. I can't stop you from doing that." And that was history. Put myself out there. I think it was like August of 2016 as a Facebook advertiser. Uh, did a couple free jobs for people got ridiculous testimonials that I never expected. Like, you know, people say, Oh, go work for free and get testimonials. I didn't do it for that. Um, I did it to help a friend and, you know, she sort of catapulted my career into the public eye. Um so I'll stop there for a minute. That's kind of, you know, my background and I could keep talking forever, but you guys get sick and tired of hearing me.
0: Fuck no. Dude, fuck no, you kidding me? That's amazing. I love hearing shit like that because it's like crazy cool when you actually hear someone else's journey going up. Um, one thing I will actually ask here is, you know, when you're in that spot, and usually I I ask these questions at the end, but fuck it, we're gonna ask everywhere. Um, that moment where you're like desperate for money, what the fuck did you do to change your shift? Shift your thinking, and here's what I mean specifically. To do with that is you can go from that position of desperation. And then you actually get money from a client. I don't know if you did this, but I did this for years where I would spend it as soon as it came in.
1: You know, I, I, I did that for a long time. Um, yeah. And, and it, what's interesting about that is so before working with Jason, so now we're going back, I don't know, 2013, 2014. Um, I was working with Telman Knudsen. You familiar with Telman? Dude,
0: yes, I fucking love Telman. Run Telman, run! I remember him from years yeah. ago. Dude's a great yeah. guy.
1: Yeah, he he's he's awesome. So one of my one of my early mentors um, taught me a shit ton that I really didn't piece together until years later. And um, I worked for two different companies for Telman, um, and ultimately for one company, I, I became his right hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or at least that was the plan as I was going to be his right hand, but that eventually (laughs) fizzled out as well. Um, I'm good at pissing people off who knew, um, you know, I was, I was making really good money back then. And, uh, I pissed it away, dude, as, as quick as it came in, it went out the fucking door. Like I was, woo, celebration. Yep. And, um, I remember when that fell apart and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do for money? And, you know, shit worked out. But I started taking stock. It was like the first time in my life as, a, as an adult, and I use that in quotations because I'm still like a fucking eight-year-old in a, in a 40-year-old body. Um,
0: no one's saying anything, but it's fucking true. If you actually yeah, follow right? him online, you know exactly what I'm on about. Yeah. If you don't follow him yeah. online, feel but, free to.
1: <laughs> yeah, my, my, my son my son is 10 years old, right? I got a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 7-year-old. The fucking 10-year-old is more mature than I am. He tells me all the time, Dad, you got to stop swearing. Dad, turn the music down. Like, we're at school, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, really, dude? Like, this is fucking Jay-Z. Why do I have to turn it down? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's um, because
0: you're 40, Dad. You can't be into, like, cool shit like I am. Like,
1: bitch, please. I was when Jay-Z was made. Fuck that. So, um, <laughs> I will do what I want. So, anyway, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking back at, at the money I made from telling I'm like, where the fuck did it go? And I walk into my bedroom closet, and there are just fucking stacks of t-shirts just fucking stacks and i dude i must have like 300 t-shirts you
0: live in florida and, so that makes sense
1: well it makes sense to, right but at some point like you don't need 300 t-shirts like you gotta you gotta put a stop to it at some point yeah which i'm embarrassed to say i still haven't but thank god i make enough money that i can buy t-shirts anyway it was like so i bought a shit ton of t-shirts I spent um, I don't know one day I got a ch- I, I got a check for a couple thousand dollars or a PayPal deposit for a couple thousand dollars, and I went on eBay and I bought vintage Transformers, like I'm talking collectors edition Transformers, and got them sent to me. Like dropped like a grand on them. I'm talking fucking uh, Megatron, Starscream, four of the other jets. Fuck. And, these are, these are fucking collector's edition, and I rip open the fucking box, and I'm playing with them and having an airplane attacks and shit at my office desk. Um, so, yeah, dude, I pissed away money. And when I started this business, it was the first time I really looked at it and said, all right, you know, and, and this is probably a good moment too that probably played into it. You know, there's a, there's a lot of times when I've started – projects you know wanting to create my own info products or you know gone through people's courses and they're like what do you want for yourself in six months what do you want for yourself in a year what do you want in five years what do you want in 10 years and I'm like bitch please I need a fucking paycheck in my bank account like i give a shit about six months from now (laughs) I care about today
0: like six hours from now
1: (laughs) yeah it's like I I can't even fucking think that far we started the e-commerce company from the ground And my business partners are like, yeah, 10 years from now, we want to be bought out and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, bought out. I'm like, bitch, I want a paycheck. Like, fucking pay me. (laughs) Um, So, with this, with the agency, dude, it was like, it was crystal clear for the first time ever. I knew what I wanted in six months. I knew what I wanted in a year. I knew what I wanted in two years, five years, 10 years. Um, Shit got really, really clear from the beginning. And not to sound like a cliche, I think that's a lot of why I was able to be successful as quick as I was with this business. Now, mind you, there's that, you know, eight and a half years of grinding it out, but there is something really magical about knowing exactly where you're going, because that allowed me to just fucking steamroll over every single little distraction going. Nope. Fuck that. Nope. Not interested. Nope. Can't do that. Nope. That sounds great, but it's not paying the bills. And, uh, You know, we started stacking up money, and uh, I I still don't have a complete, you know, grasp over my finances, but, you know, it's night and day between two years ago and today, and you know, where I'm headed is another complete night and day transformation, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: What what I love about that, by the way, and the reason I actually asked it particularly is because um, I've been so fuck i don't even know if you actually know how long i've been doing what i've been doing so for the uninitiated and that includes rory for this one i'm assuming i've been writing like direct response copy literally every day since i was 12. so 16 years doing this uh everyone that basically like i had a friend of mine say you're a veteran i was like what the fuck are you on about they're like you've been doing this for more than 10 years you're technically a veteran i was like i feel old fuck you (laughs) you 23 year old asshole but like, um, you still there, by the way? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, so, yeah. So it's like, when you go quiet, I'm like, "Fuck, does he like disappear or something?" I don't know. So, so like, he's probably he's probably playing with a transformer at this point. <laughs> I because I, I felt like when you were saying it out loud, you're like, "I'm looking at that transformer. I want to play with it." It's like, can I get away with just playing with it in the background?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put Starscream out on the desk. Yeah, here
0: we go. I I All like right. Starscream more than Megatron. Come on. Um, but anyway well,
1: dude, dude, hold on real real quick side note I like Starscream better than Megatron for the most part but we're talking real Megatron like the one that turns into a fucking gun not that yeah, stupid no, Michael Bay transformation shit no no no, shit. no
0: I'm on about the original 80s turns into a gun badass motherfucker that guy I'm on about him yeah. but I like Starscream because yeah. Starscream dude he turns into a jet fuck everyone else yeah. it's, it's that's
1: not... right that's right
0: is it an F-22 or whatever I can't remember uh, him, jet. It, it, it's no, a see,
1: that, that's that's the other reason why I like Starscream, F-14 Tomcat, oh, Top Gun.
0: Exactly. This motherfucker knows what's up. Thank you. But anyway, what I'm saying is that basically it's like some crazy cool shit though Now, back to the whole thing I was actually getting at was like, um, like, for a decade, I've written fucking copy for, name a person I haven't written for or consulted for or influenced in some way or another. And what's really interesting is that now I'm, I got to the point, I think it was about four months ago, I got really mad about it. And then about um, in March, 2018, I got really. Tra- I, I went through a transformation process and it really came out the other side. But I got really mad at this idea that every fucker on the planet is teaching copy is actually doing a disservice because what they're actually right. teaching is um, th- they're not teaching everything. They're, 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 they're perpetuating this lie that you need to... Um, you need to spend 10,000 hours writing sales copy. Don't get me wrong, you need to spend time practicing, but you need to spend 10,000 hours learning. And I don't, I don't think that's true. I reckon you could with anything, because I developed my system, my system will teach you how to write, but like you'll become killer in about an hour and a half. Like you'll know what to look for in an hour and a half with examples. And then you just go practice and then you get really, really good and happy days. But in that decade that I was developing all these systems, I made over four hundred million dollars for my clients, and here's the fucking shit kicker that very few people actually know. From eighteen to about twenty-one or even twenty, I was charging anywhere between five hundred dollars, two and a half thousand dollars to write full sales funnels for people, like, like crazy amounts of money. Like it it was ridiculous how much I was actually charging people. to, to let me write. And I'd get this done in like 24 hours, by the way. But I'd piss through the money. I'd always yep. piss through the money. I think my biggest win was when I was 19. Uh I was... And this is going to sound so fucking stupid saying it out loud. But I was 19 years old. I was in about £2,000, which is about $4,000 at the time because of the inflation and whatever. Uh, it was $4,000 in debt. And I was doing door-to-door sales. And when you're 19 years old and you have like no job, you left school at like 16, 17, because you know, your teacher failed you and you decide to do this entrepreneurial thing, go balls deep in it, um, <laughs> y- you essentially kind of are walking a tightrope with no safety net. So I decided to get a job as a door-to-door salesman and work on a 100% commission, which again, I would never wish on my worst enemy because that shit is soul cleaving. But while I was doing that, I was also working on my side hustle as a copywriter. And I got this gig to write for a real estate company in the UK. The guy found me, he paid me three and a half grand up front, uh, and then said, okay. uh," And by the way, this is how fucking stupid it is. He gave me three and a half grand. I fucking pissed that money away instead of paying off my debt. Of course he did. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I really, like, whatever I'm about to say is, I wish there were cooler stories than what actually happened. But essentially, um,. I essentially looked at, uh, I I wrote his sales list. It was for a 15,000 pound or $30,000 direct mail campaign. The thing was like 30 grand to buy. uh, And it was a year long of real estate seminar investment courses, right? Just after the boom, I think it was like 2009. So it was just after the market crashed in the US. I mean, you could start buying again and get it really really cheap and he was teaching people how to do it. the, the deal was i get i think it was like three or seven percent some ridiculously low percentage of the first week of mailers not the whole year just the first week right i'm dumb i agree <laughs> the letter i wrote for him like i remember this day it's fucking crazy i'll tell you this do you want me to tell you the full story or do you want me to just give you the highlights of this
1: it's your fucking show, do what you
0: want. I know, but I don't want to bore you. Like, my crowd fucking knows part of the story, but I wanted you to, like, you know. Well, then give me give me the highlights, and we'll catch up afterwards. All right, fair enough. So, essentially, the highlights of it, uh, I'm, on, I'm in the field, doing door-to-door sales. I get a phone call, and the guy basically tells me, hey, I'll have you checked your account? I'm like, no. I go check my bank account. Basically, they deposited $150,000 in my account. Uh, because mm-hmm. what we did, and I asked them for the statistics, though, the NDAA sign said they couldn't get a testimonial, which really pissed me off. Um, they, for that first week of mailers, they, remember, this a thirty dollars product. They did $6.5 million in sales in a week.
1: I will, how old are you? 19. I would have fucking gone to the strip club. See, this is, and fuck- piss that money away
0: i i really wish i had i was like man hookers and blow would be perfect right now
1: that's a dude that's so funny i i literally censored myself by leaving out the blow because i've never done that but <laughs> Same, i way wanted not, to right? be like i wanted to be like hookers and blow absolutely every person that's is nice like hookers blow mushrooms go
0: party yeah i was like i yes. wasn't that kid i was like i grew up in a very conservative muslim house that was like very very liberal because we had like my my cousins are jewish the other ones are christian and
1: that makes no fucking sense. Hold on a second. I grew up in a conservative Muslim home that was very liberal. Okay, I'll explain. That's the conservative, psychotic. It, it was conservative in the
0: sense of like I had to follow my religion, but it was liberal in the sense of if you if you had like a different interest of doing stuff, my parents were really cool about it. Like if you were like, I'm gonna be an artist, they're like, Yeah, cool, go be an artist. They weren't like, No, you must be a lawyer or a doctor. I'm like, Fine, fair enough, whatever.
1: Okay, got so, it. So all that's right.
0: what I mean by weirdly conservatively liberal. And the reason I bring up my cousin who is Jewish is because, like, the text messages we send to each other are pretty brutal. Like, there's a cousin group chat that we have on WhatsApp. Anytime. Anytime one of us goes. Because, like, it's my Christian cousins are in there. My Jewish cousins are in there. My Muslim cousins are in there. I'm in there. My Sikh cousins are in there. We're all, like, we got a really big family that's, like, multi-ethnic and multi-religious so we're all in there including the atheists they're in there as well
1: because it's fucking hilarious having them in because they hate us um, dude this I, I gotta be honest like i, I want to in. i want i want to get in on this group chat and it literally needs to be a fucking podcast or a video it's, it's gotta be, this gotta be, this is awesome
0: thing is they will never do this just simply because uh my co- this is how confusing it is i have a cousin called ismail who's muslim and i have a cousin called ishmael who's jewish Of course, yep. Because, like, both their parents, like, we're going to name our kid, like, we're just going to change the pronunciation. I'm like, I hate you both. Because when we were out, white people don't know which one to go with. Because they're like, I thought it was all the same. It's like, no, it's spelled differently. Go with it. But uh, Ishmael, my cousin, uh, oh, dear Lord, anytime there's an insult between me and him, you know how people like hashtag shots fired? Yep. His response is hashtag pebbles thrown. Oh my God. I'm like I hate you ever since he saw that news story like ten years ago about like the whole thing in Israel that that is his entire life to me you know? hashtag pebbles throw. ten
1: years ago. how old is he 15 that shit's been going on for at least a hundred years. No, no
0: as in the whole thing with uh, the kids <laughs> throwing pebbles at the tanks.
1: Yeah, I get it, dude. I'm fucking Jewish. I, I spent I, six months I, in Israel.
0: No, I mean, like, when that happened, with when, when he found out about it ten years ago. That's what All I mean. Right. That's when he was doing it. He's, like, 31, by the way. He's 31 years old. He's an investment banker, and he's kind of like... <laughs> hey,
1: hey, this is the Jew.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is my Jewish cousin. A banker. How fucking stereotypical
1: is that? Well, his
0: parents pushed him into it, and it was really funny, because he's like, dude, you know how stereotypical you are right now? He goes, you know what's really fucked up? I was like, what's that? He goes, I could do anything else but I'm really good at the spanking shit. I'll just go do that. I was like. Of course, because he's Jewish. Uh, It's
1: in your genes, man. That's what it is. It is. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because like, so I grew up, you know, when I said, dude, I fucking love money, but I didn't know how to get it. Like I grew up in a very, very affluent white Jewish community. Like we're talking like 80% Jewish. It was fucking huge. And I, man, I shit you not. I was the only family that didn't have any fucking money. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. That's really funny because
1: like, and and it's, it's even worse than that. So up my family, up my lineage, we had family that used to own general cinemas and fucking sold it. We had another one who owned a fucking travel lodge, like owned one of those hotel chains and fucking sold it. And like, here we are the fucking peasants of the family and the peasants of the Jewish community. Now, mind you, like we weren't fucking broke.
0: Uh, no dude, I, I,
1: but like, you know, we, we live, my, I don't think, like, it's funny, dude, when I when I had my first, I think I had, like, my first 10K month, and my dad's like, shit, I never did that, and then I had my first 50K month, and he's like, fuck, we didn't even make that a year.
0: I've not yet done the 50K month, except for that one time where I did 150 grand, but, okay, to close loop that story, I essentially pissed it away by giving it away to people, um, like, helping people out in debt and shit, So I was like, I oh, help everyone else, because... That was a stupid thing for me to do and that was fine. And I was like, wait, I'm broke again. What did I do? I didn't even buy a car. That's how messed up it was. I didn't even buy myself a goddamn car. It's crazy. Anyway, so the whole thing with like uh, growing up, I can relate to that because um, in my family, it's both my parents' families are super wealthy. Like my dad's little brother actually can borrow money from the IMF just because oh. he's like, yeah, no, I-, I make over a billion. They're okay with lending me money. I'm like, but you're such an asshole, it's fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> what really makes me laugh is we flew to England. I was in that same position as you because we were like really quite wealthy family members all around us. And then it's like, yeah, we, we don't really have that much. man. <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, but dude, I, I totally relate to that. But kind of like jumping off that point though is how good... The, the reason I actually asked that question was to bridge over to this one. Was... Um, when you were actually, when you started to make more money and actually, you know, start getting comfortable with your wealth, what were some of the books or some of the best pieces of advice that you picked up on keeping your wealth?
1: <laughs> I'm laughing, dude. I don't fucking read books. Oh my God. Uh,
0: <laughs> Fine, podcasts. <I> don't... <laughs> hire people.
1: I, listen to... I, don't, I don't listen to podcasts. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly. A lot of it boils down to mentorship, like, you know, books, podcasts. For me, it's mentorship. So, um, last, you know, last year, 2017 is when I really had that explosive growth. Like we went from, you know, 10K months to 50K months pretty quick. And and mind you, that's revenue, folks. I'm not going to sit here and blow you guys up with bullshit guru lies about how, You know, I'm not driving Lamborghinis like the business makes revenue. There's profit there. There's juice. I do pretty well, but uh, I'm I'm far away from private jets and yachts and whatever I want. So now I might sound like a pompous ass because like that's that's my reality. That's what I want. I want total fuck you money. I want to be able to just go fucking get a private jet and be like, gone. I'm out of (laughs) here. Anyway, uh, we can
0: arrange this for you.
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of it really was just trial by fire. Like, you know, we, we'd make, we'd make a 50 K month. And, um, you know, for me, like I, I got really good with finances because I wanted to make sure my team got paid. So I knew what my team got paid. I don't, to this day, I don't even know what the hell I make. I think this year I finally said, all right, like I'm drawing 10 K a month from the business. Like it's time to give myself a paycheck. Um, so 18 months in 19 months in whatever and i still haven't done it yet but that's what i've said i would do <laughs> so literally it's just trial by fire you know go out spend money and and eventually when you look at it and go you know we're doing 50k a month and the bank account isn't exponentially going growing something's wrong yeah and that that you know kind of gets filed away and then uh, it was january actually i went to a mastermind and i sat down and people were like oh you know tell me you know you know, tell us about your business what are you doing what do you want and i was like I want to build a hundred million dollar a year agency, and they're like, "Why?" I'm like, "Well, riches, bitch! Like, come on."
0: <laughs> Do you and, see me?
1: <laughs> you know, quick, quickly after that, I, I had a you know a couple of conversations with people at the Mastermind. Um, I actually uh, was able to ride home with one of the with with the COO of the company that put on the Mastermind. Uh, we, you know, it was in South Florida. We drove back to Tampa together, and we were talking about it. And it became very clear that you know business and success and wealth is more about profit. You know, it's 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 not about how much money you can make, it's about how much money you can keep. Yeah. So if you're if you're doing a hundred million dollars in revenue, but you're only ending up with a hundred thousand dollars, like you're doing something wrong. Whereas if you're doing two million dollars a year and you're banking half a million, that's that's smarter, right? From a from a wealth collection um perspective i may have just made up that phrase um, <laughs> the wealth collection now this- but, like you know for me it was just and i think also it was always about oh i'll get there i'll invest in real estate i'll get here i'll do there and you know a year into the business again we're, we're doing really well I'm, I'm able to afford a very nice lifestyle go to all sorts of masterminds um but you know it came down to it it's like i'm not much better off today than i was a year ago like i don't have hundreds of thousands in the bank or even tens of thousands in the bank where i can now go and risk it in the market or risk it in real estate and and that was sort of a slap in the face as well sort of to go you really want to build wealth. It's not just about building a, a revenue-driven company. It's not just about a profit-centered company. It, it's about, you know, <laughs> taking this stuff seriously, and and putting a plan in place. So, like I said earlier, how my business started taking off when I actually had a plan of six months a year. Five. I'm starting to do that with my finances now. Going, all right, I need to plan. What is the bank gonna? What's what's it gonna look like in six months? How am I going to pay off my debt? Like if you don't plan this shit, it isn't going to get done. So I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, it does. For me, it wasn't really books. Um, I'm the kind of guy that has to learn from experience. doesn't matter. You know, Tellman gave me tons of tips on wealth, um, but it never sank in because I needed to be the one fucking up. And now that I'm the one fucking up, I've got my business coach who's helping me. Um, you know Jason's helping me look at my finances and, and figure out a plan so that's that's it it's it's a work in progress man and I I hope to have it figured out sooner than later
0: oh I agree I mean I I don't think I've ever met any business that isn't in that situation at least one point or another I had a client of mine that was turning over I was like turning over 10 million a year that was that that was their revenue and when I had to chase them for three months for them to finish off paying me the 10 grand they owed me. Wow. And I was like, what's going on? Just be honest with me. What's happening? They're like, oh, our company's not profitable. I was like, dude, the, the, run the fucking ad I told you to run. Like, send out that off. He was like, oh, we would, but like, um, our, what was it? Our autoresponders basically just shut us out for lack of payment. My husband, what did you, like? you do with all the money? Yep. It's crazy. Like, people legit spend money like crazy. And anyone that says that you don't, it, you're not living life properly, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, I think, you know, that's another thing that helped me realize sort of the path that I wanted to walk was – all the, all I had to get clear on all the bullshit that I believed. Yep. Like I, I was your perfect newbie, dude. Like I was, oh, you know, I want the Lamborghini and the houses, the mansions, the parties. Like that's what I want. So I fell for all the fucking push button riches stuff, and it, it really took for me again trial by fire, tripping over myself, working for people who publicly, you know. You thought they were millionaires and killing it and crushing it. And then you look behind the scenes and it's like they can't pay their bills. You know, the horror stories where people aren't paying their affiliates. That shit happens. Yeah. And I don't know how you do it. I actually read um, earlier on Facebook uh, another up and coming media buyer who's been, you know, sort of trained by some of the same mentors as I have, you know, wrote something about um you know to stand out in in today's marketplace all you have to do like to to differentiate yourself all you have to do is actually deliver on what you say you're going to do like the bar is that low and pathetic
0: yeah i remember when the bar was a lot higher it's like oh you're really good at what you do all right prove it to me and all this that the other you'd have to fight tooth and nail to prove it because if you didn't you would just like oh shit like I this is something that's crazy I'm only going to equate this because you know you can only equate stuff to your own actions and your own experiences very similar to you I like to fuck up and always like to get like I like to fuck my shit up a lot and cause chaos because yay that's that's a thing um when I was like starting out like when I when I got to like 24 25 when I was writing for Jason and stuff and he knows this I was in a really bad way I was like financially trying to get everything working together but I made, up until the, up until I was like 25, and this is how crazy it is, uh, Rory, I went to, I, I wrote over 7,800-something ads and sales pieces and funnels that I created. Um, never had a fucking loss. Wow. Never had a client refund, never had a client make no money, never had a client make, not break even. I had like smiling ear to ear, one client refunds two yep. clients refund three clients and then i'm like at 10 i've got 10 losses on my record i think it's probably less it's like seven or something But maybe i'm just exaggerating 10 but like just say there's 10 losses on my record today's school of and again this is the thing i told you like i have complete beef with these people um today's school of copywriting and marketing and all those guys they'll be like yeah brush it off and move on to the next one and like yeah, but don't tell them about the 10 losses and whatever. Just keep moving forward. It's kind of like that whole, like, beating your chest and not really delivering. I hate that. I, same, because the, the place I come from is those 10 losses fucking haunt me. Yep. Like, it keeps me up at night. I'm like, what the fuck did I Like, I had to see a psychologist because though I was like, I don't know where I'm fucking up. They're like, oh, you've lost your self-belief in yourself. Here's where you fucked up. I mean, yep. to, to give me an idea, right now, uh, when this is released, fair enough, but, like, by this point, we would have hopefully run the goddamn campaigns I wrote. But right now, I'm, wor- I'm working for Jay Abraham, right?
1: Jeez, dude, that's
0: awesome. Right. I'm his head copywriter, by the way, meaning everything that comes out going forward for all the sales pieces and everything else like that will be written by yours truly. I fucking freaked out so badly writing the goddamn ad for that i've written 14 at this point it's 14 by the time it starts 19 different sales letters for one product because i'm freaking the fuck out so like i don't want to lose i don't want to do this <laughs> but yet somehow you know you reach the top of the mountain you got to keep going you don't just end there you keep going
1: um, yeah you know, that i i really want to stop you there because like that's that's a big fucking deal right there like yeah. you're you're at the top of your game. I mean, it sounds like you've had a just a, a a storybook career, and you know to be writing for Jay Abraham, and here you are, not cocky, not arrogant, not full of yourself, but still like, holy shit! Like I've got to make sure this kills. Like that's a big deal. Um, personally, I think so. I think professionally, and it really resonates with me. Because I'm like you, dude, we're wired the same. Like all the successes I've had, all the home runs we've hit for clients, I'm more haunted by the losing campaigns. And there's not enough people out there like that. Everybody, like, you you know, copywriting, dude, running ads. Like, I mean, how many webinars do you see a day from people? I manage $1,200 a day and i've made fifty thousand dollars roi and you can do it too and it's like dude shut the fuck up
0: yeah you don't know shit about what you're doing shut up and go sit in a corner um i had a i think it was either this podcast or it was the one i did with nathan but i fucking like i think it was this one i just basically was like shut up and go sit in the back of the classroom go back to kindergarten then talk to me <laughs> talk to me when you graduate you bitch because I, like, uh, I wrote on Facebook about this as well. like I, It's the same day that I'm recording these. These are like pre-recording going out. So if that's the air of mystery, ta-da, I took it away from you. Whatever, I don't give a shit. Um, I wrote on Facebook like saying there's a war coming. And people are like, some of my friends are like, oh are you talking about global politics? I'm like, no, motherfucker, there's an actual private war coming between me and the idiots that I don't like. And it's going to be really public and I'm going to get hated on. Like, cause yeah. some of the, these people have like cult-like followings and they're not even going to be bothered by me, but their followers are going to be like, holy fuck, who is this guy? Oh right. God. It's, it's one of those things. I'm sure you've had the same thing and you've probably noticed it as well in the last kind of six months, I've opened up a lot more emotionally and opened up a lot more about who I am, what I do and all my belief shits. Um, but prior to that, I was a really quiet guy. I wouldn't, like, post on Facebook every day. I wouldn't post on Facebook every week. Sometimes I'd go, like, a whole month without posting anything, um, yeah. just simply because, like, eh, I don't really have anything important to say. But the craziest thing about guys like us, and I say like us because there are people like us, when we're haunted by losses, and if you're listening to this and you're like us, the best advice I could ever give you that really helped me... Was when you get a win, get a mason jar and write down your win on a piece of paper and yep. put it in the mason jar. Because when you're feeling like shit and you've lost and you don't know whether you're going to do it, open that mason jar up and start reading. Remind yep. yourself of all the testimony. Remind yourself of all the great stuff. The thing is, it's not going to turn you into an arrogant shithead of a dickhead of an asshole that basically got fucked in the ass by Kim Jong-un or whoever it is. Um <laughs> <laughs> you're essentially just going to read it through and you're going to be like holy crap I know
1: my stuff that's going to reinvigorate you and get you out there yeah you, you have you have to remind yourself in fact it, it's funny if, if, if my camera were working and we were doing this on camera my whiteboard's behind me and at the very very top it says take time to celebrate all wins um you know that, that's something my business coach has beat into my head for you know 19 months um I, I don't I, I'm not the kind of person that celebrates wins um, I'm not the kind of person who recognizes my own accomplishments I recognize other people left and right but I beat the shit out of myself yep. dude like I treat myself like crap oh. um, used to I mean now um, And it's funny yeah and it, it's funny how we were talking about money and, and spending it and you know whatever like now I celebrate now I stop and pause um, and, and I make sure to really recognize what I've done. And, you know, just because I'm recognizing what I've done, I'm still, you know, it doesn't make me infallible. I still screw up. I still make mistakes. Um, you know, I, I am not perfect and I will never, ever, ever try to put myself out there as perfect. In fact, if you go back to, you know, that post where you were like, Rory came on the scene and everybody's fucking tagging him and people are like, wow, you really become something. I'm like, dude, I'm still fucking little old me. I roll out of bed, I put my shorts on, I go to work. Like, that's it. I'm just... Don't fucking put me up on a pedestal. Like, I just... I fucking go to work. That's it. I do my job. I fucking... I, I, I do my best. Like, that's what it's about.
0: Yeah. That's what it is. It's literally going out there and doing the best you can. And, by the way, right on the same boat with you as well. Uh, it's not a banana boat for the people that are thinking... We have, like different, we have different <laughs> Middle Eastern cuisines. There's a lot of shawarma on this boat, just an FYI. Um, <laughs> I think I just killed Rory a little bit there.
1: Is fucking great.
0: Oh, man, but no, it's true. I'm right there with you in the sense of it's kind of like... Actually, let's use that analogy for a second because we both get psychology of advertising. It's pretty much that we're on the same fucking boat with shawarma, except for here's the thing. We're getting paid... And we're like, hey, money, I'm going to go buy some more shawarma. It's like, what about that shawarma over there? Yeah, I just throw it overboard. Why? We'll just get some more. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's your self-esteem, what you do to yourself, pretty much. It's like when you can actually accumulate, eat it, and be okay, then you're fine. Now, I know we haven't actually touched on Facebook ads, and I kind want—I don't want to rush too much because they can reach out to you like crazy for this. But what would you say is the, like, if you had to, like, narrow it down, what would you say is the, the biggest mistake you see with people running ads?
1: Oh, that's—I mean, right? Oh, god! There's, there's so many.
0: There, there is so many. So let's highlight three because I know you, right. you're not going to be able to get to one. Let's go with three.
1: Yeah, I, I can't. I can't do one and do it justice. So number one, um, and I think these are all number ones, is literally not fucking reading the the policies. Yeah. The people, I mean, writing non-compliant ads, running non-compliant offers—big, big, big mistake. Um, Could you give us an example of something that's non-compliant? Well, sure. I mean, before and after pictures and weight loss, yep. talking about weight loss, um, network marketing, MLMs are, are not compliant for the most part. There are ethical white hat legit ways around it, but most people don't fucking read it and they don't take the time. They don't care. Um, Cryptocurrency is another one. Dating. What's that?
0: Cryptocurrency is another one.
1: Yep. Dating's another no-go. Um, but I mean like dude like I look at ads all the time and you know especially oh my god these fucking performance-based advertisers oh I'll run your ads you don't pay us until you make money like you go to their websites and their websites aren't even fucking compliant it's like why would I have you run my ads you don't know what you're doing oh but that's right I forgot you went to a webinar and you took a two thousand dollar course on how to make ten thousand dollars a month running Facebook ads good oh boy um so no by the way I'm I don't have a soapbox about that. We'll move on. Um,
0: <laughs> there is no but, way I'm bitter about that, motherfucker. How dare you yeah. even insinuate that?
1: Well, you know, honestly, dude, at this point, I don't give a fuck <laughs> because, like, I look at that stuff and go, you know what? It, it's what helps separate us from everybody else, right? Like, we know what the fuck we're doing. Um, people come to us all the time with accounts that have been deactivated, that have been shut off for non-compliance, And who are you a Kevin Smith fan at all?
0: Uh, the comic? Ball rats? Fuck yes, I am. Are you kidding me? All right, so it's fucking
1: fucking bickety-bam. I just take that shit over and it's fucking gold because people are, you know, these advertisers are idiots. So that's a big mistake, not understanding compliance and policy, not taking it seriously. Um, Running a shitty offer. Oh my God. Um, People do not realize how important the offer needs to be. Like there is just this general idea out there that you can just put up Facebook ads and fucking make bank. And that just doesn't happen. And anybody who says running ads is easy, give them the middle finger and walk away because they are full of shit. You know, we – I looked recently. um, We are now close to managing a million dollars a month in ad spend. And there is nothing easy about it at all. Nothing. We work our asses off. You know, every once in a while, we get a really, really good account that, you know, goes on autopilot for a couple weeks. But there's work to be done. So this, oh, it's so easy. No, bullshit. It's not easy. If it's easy, you're not working hard enough. Like, plain and simple. Um, and, and And I'll say with a little asterisk right here. I'm not... I mean, it could make me sound like we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We bust our asses for our clients. And the little asterisk is this is our way of doing things, right? There are a million and one ways to do it. So maybe if you found an easy way to run ads, God bless you. But we talk to a lot of advertisers. I don't know a lot of people who are going to say it's easy, plain and simple. Oh, yeah. N- um, Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, oh, yeah, same goes with copywriting. Dude, I have not yet met an actual copywriter thats not that hasn't contemplated suicide, quitting, some sort of drug addiction somewhere in their life. It's like I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna go do some crazy. Can I go to something else, please? No, I've got a compulsion trying. Fuck. That's basically what yeah,
1: it's sp- so this, this is great. Like this is this is perfect timing. So yesterday we we had a, we sort of had you know some some shit hit the fan moments all at once last night. Rapid fire. Yeah. And, and and I I rediscovered my superpower which is I thrive. In under pressure like i thrive in chaos and pressure that's when rory goes into fucking kick-ass mode and i'm but like i'm like fucking superman with this fucking muscular chest and shit is just bouncing off me left and right i wake up this morning and i'm like oh fuck i don't want to deal with this today and my, my my coo messaged me she goes good morning how are we and i was like talk to me after i've had my coffee because honestly i wanted to be like fuck it i'm firing all the clients this sucks um but, you know, you you, you keep going like, uh, yeah, you keep going. So yeah. it definitely rings true about wanting to fucking quit. Like there are so many times where I'm like, oh, I could just go flip burgers and not have any responsibility and not care and just come <laughs> home and shut it off and imagine that. But anyway, um, so one, one more thing, I think it kind of goes with with this whole idea of, you know, having a really solid offer um, and, and, and this misconception that it's easy is a lot of people don't understand how to, you know, the the difference between cold traffic and warm traffic, right? Everybody's like, oh, well, this shit converts to my house list. Congratulations. You're going out to cold traffic and Facebook's not even cold traffic, right? Like cold, stone cold traffic is like banner advertising. That's like the fucking coldest of the cold. Facebook traffic is like Luke cold. I mean, it's 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 piss water. Yep. So, you know, all these people. Oh, I mean, I, there's, there's one. Oh, this, this fucking person makes me want to vomit. She's actually, you know, being touted as an expert and, and being put up in a in a really big position of, of authority in our community. Hold on. And she is.
0: Hold, hold I'm going to stop you right there. Give me a second. Hold on about the guys so I had to ask him something really private about the camp on <laughs> phone
1: motherfucker I'll tell you right now if that gets aired I'm gonna strangle you I don't care where you are um
0: it won't I paused the motherfucking thing and we had a very I private chat I, it's okay
1: I understand, I understand that so like <laughs> she actually went on record at one point and said I'm so sick of this community. Like if your offer works to warm traffic, it's going to work to cold traffic.
0: No, it's not, you dumbass. I'm not even an ad buyer.
1: Oh, my God, dude. Like that that drives me nuts. And then so like and, – and and by the way, like that, that frustration right there is like a teaching moment. Like a lot of our clients come to us and don't even realize that. And, you know, we rip funnels apart, We rip copy to shreds and rewrite and reposition because, you know, with your email list, you know, people get on there and yeah, they're bitter and yeah, they're angry and yeah, they need to be moved and you need to give them deadlines, this, that, and the other thing, all the direct response shit that, you know, Dan Kennedy once said, you have to picture that your prospect is a fat person sitting on a couch buried in a bag of chips watching TV and your job is to get them to take action. Like, I don't know. I almost said I don't know if that's true, but it's Dan Kennedy and heresy if I say something he said is not true because he's a smart motherfucker, right?
0: Pretty much but like, the, I, You pretty much described me there sitting except for I'm yeah. not eating chips, I'm eating like peanuts.
1: Yeah. So like with Facebook, so if that if we say that's true for just direct response in general, with Facebook on top of the person being on the couch and lazy and unmotivated and you need to move them. They're also sitting there with a chip on their shoulder going, fuck this. Who's this dick? Like, why should I listen to you? What do you know? Who do you think you are? You have to overcome all of that hate and anger and rage. Like, you know, I guess it's a bonus tip if we tie this in, right? Like, you're on social media. Look at what's happening organically on social media. Everybody has a big mouth. Everybody thinks they know what they're talking about. Everybody, look at look at how offended society is. At least here in America. I don't know what it's like across the world. Like I look at what's going on here in America, and I shriek in horror at how, like, what big pussies we've all turned into. But like, that's what you're dealing with with Facebook ads, with social advertising. You have to help overcome that. And you know, the clients we work with, I'll make a quick caveat. Like, we're not selling snake oil. We're selling legitimate products and legitimate courses to help people take action. You have to help them overcome that because, unfortunately, 98% of people out there are advertising dog shit. Just absolute, utter shit.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Most of their offers are utter shit. And we have to deal with this because it's not fun. Yeah. Oh, God, that's annoying. All right, so on to something slightly more fun because that is actually there. Uh, let's just jump in with this one that's real quick. Top three tips that you'd give to someone that is basically right now in the in a struggle in their business. Basically, they either aren't making enough money or they, they're they hitting a plateau. What three things would
1: you actually tell them to do? First thing, fucking get a business coach immediately. Okay. Absolutely. Get a business coach to fucking set your mind straight. I think, or either that, if I if I if we dial it back, like I I mean, it's easy for me to jump to a business coach. Get your mind straight. That was. Get your mind straight. Like I I had a bit. Like uh, you look. You can track my success with how much I've worked with my business coach. Like I I have him on speed dial now, and and my whole goal is how much you know. How can I pay him more for more access? Because the more I spend time with my business coach the clearer my head is, the more confident I become, the stronger I become, the clearer I become, the bigger my business gets, the more successful we get. So get your mindset straight. For me, it was a business coach. Protect your mind more so than money and more so than time, right? People always say, oh, you know, you know, some people live by money, right? Like, oh, I need to make more money. Then there are people who make it to the next level of, you know, fuck money, it's all about time. I say, fuck money, fuck time, it's my mindset. My mindset is the top priority. Um, So that's one thing. Number two, when you're in business and you're struggling, double down on whatever is working. Everything else is a shiny, shitty object that isn't gonna help you. Focus on what is bringing in the revenue right fucking now and do more of it and then raise your prices and that. Um, And then the next thing is build a team. And I don't give a shit how you have to build a team get somebody in there to help you because chances are you're doing a ton of shit that you shouldn't be doing. Yep, I still yep. do that. I have a team of... I really should get the number now because we've grown. <laughs> I, I probably have a team of 18 people.
0: Damn.
1: And it still ain't fucking big enough because I'm still doing tons of shit I shouldn't be doing.
0: <laughs> I love that. I just love the fact that, that get a team. Just sort your shit out. Get a team. Alright, so guys, uh, Rory, thank you for being on probably what has been one of my more fun episodes of this year's podcast. Fucking love it. Uh, guys, go check out Rory's website, which is, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to quickly find the link again because I put it somewhere. It's, it's
1: uh... RFS Digital Media, and that's R for Rory, F for Frank. No, that's not my middle name, S for Stern. So RFSDigitalMedia.com. No, I'm not telling you what my actual middle name is, but my kids have said it actually is Rory fucking Stern. Thank you very
0: much. I, I'm winning. I, I pretty love, I pretty much love the fact that you kids have that. Uh, guys, go check it out. Also, go check out the remaining episodes that we have on and what's coming next and what's been just said before. Uh, rate, comment, subscribe, share the stuff if you enjoy it, and send Rory a ton of questions, including hiring for his Facebook ads. For the love of God, don't get your offers all fucked up and wrong. Hire him, figure it out, and we'll go from there. Guys, I'll see you on the next episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. Rory, it's been a fucking pleasure having you on, man.
1: All right, brother. Thanks for having me. It's been great.